anybody getting into this that doesn't specifically have a background in construction to do that just because you never know what you're getting yourself into every single property is different and comes with its own set of challenges and stuff that has to be done best ever listeners before we jump into today's episode for all my fix and flippers out there are your financing costs eating away at your bottom line and are you looking for a way to increase your overall profits by lowering your loan payments to the bank or maybe your private lender Well, our best ever sponsor, Patch of Land, you know Patch of Land, they've been on the show, representatives of their company have been on the show many times, they've been a sponsor of this show many, many times, they're back for more because they love you and they love working with the best ever listeners and they've got an interesting point of view on interest rates and that is that it's... The interest rates that we are quoted shouldn't necessarily be taken at face value because perhaps a higher interest rate could actually deliver a lower cost to your fix and flip loan. And they have a white paper on how that is possible and how that can be applied to your fix and flip business to help your bottom line get more profitable and to help you choose the best uh, lender for your financing needs. So go to patchofland.com forward slash Joe Fairless and they've got a white paper for you and it will walk you through the way to evaluate interest rates in terms in general on your loan so that you truly are getting the best interest rate because there are some tricky things some lenders try to do to um, glaze over the fact that their lower interest rate, quote unquote, is actually higher based on some technical things that they put into it. So go to patchofland.com forward slash Joe Fairless and get that white paper so that you can save money on your fix and flip projects. Patchofland.com forward slash Joe Fairless. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today. Mark and Haley Davison. How you doing, Mark and Haley? We're good. Good, good. Good. Well, nice to have you both on the show. And Mark and Haley are owners of Marley Investments, which is a premier real estate solutions company. Specifically, they are nine projects deep in seven short months, which includes wholesales, prehabs, and rehabs. Also, their family built a resort in the Philippines from the ground up that employs four families to give back to the community. And that is where Mark's mom is from. Also, there's a lot of miscellaneous things here. They also took on an adventure of a tiny house that they bought and finished for 20000 and are now flipping it for $57,500. Their website is in the show notes page, so you can just click through and check it out. And they're based in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So with that being said, you two want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Sure. It starts a while back. My dad was a contractor, so I grew up on job sites. And he had a lot of rentals, so I was technically landlording since I was a kid. Now, he had a bunch of these rentals in downtown Grand Rapids, not in the best of neighborhoods. So I was collecting rents, and after every turnaround, the place would be destroyed, and there would be trash up to your waist in the basement. So for the longest time, I've had the worst idea about real estate. I went to college, and I kind of put that on the back burner, and it kind of came full round about 10 months ago. Why? 
after all that experience, why? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was the VP of a gym chain in Kalamazoo. Did that for a while, and I was making pretty good money. And after five years of the rat race and working longer hours and somehow making less money, (laughs) I needed to do something (laughs) different. And my now wife, we actually plan on opening up a gym. So we went to a bunch of seminars just to kind of see what's out there, who can help us find some mentors. And we came across Fortune Builders, I'm sure you've heard of them. And that's how the whole thing got started back in January. That's Stan Merrill's group, right? That's Stan Merrill, correct. Okay. And tell us about your experience. We went to one of the meetings and we were like, oh, we don't know if we want to do this. This is just kind of out of our realm. And then we had gotten engaged a little bit before that. So we had had a decent amount of money saved up for our wedding. We're like, oh, we don't know. What should we do? And at the end of the three days, we decided to put up our wedding money to join this. We're like, whatever. We're just going to (laughs) burn bridges. We're going to jump into real estate full time. How much? Um, So we did. We dropped 30000 on that. 30000 Okay. I didn't get $30,000 for my wedding. That's a good chunk of money for your wedding. Congrats on that for having some good family and friends. And that was only half of it. Oh, wow. (laughs) That was only half of the investment in Fortune Builders? No, that was only half of the wedding cost. Oh, wedding stuff. Got it, got it, got it. Okay. Right out of the gate, you take a leap of faith and you put in $30,000. So what happened? So we put up our wedding money and then we literally burned all of our bridges. I was a nanny previous to this. And then I also owned a photography studio in Grand Rapids. So we ended up just letting all that stuff go and went to real estate full time. And within a month of being in that, we got an amazing deal. And this is literally just beginner's luck here. It was a small two-bedroom, one-bath, which pretty much everybody's like, you're crazy for buying it, but it needed zero rehab. It was beautiful. So we ended up picking up that for 20 grand, was it? Yep. 20,000. And then we literally put it on the market the next day for 50,000 and ended up selling it to the tenants that had been in there living for three years. Ended up buying it from us for 48 grand. So we made our investment plus some back and paid off the wedding. Literally closed on this house two days before our wedding. Wow. And this was within a month of when you got serious about real estate. Yep. Yep. How'd you find the property? Craigslist. Craigslist. You two were just searching on Craigslist? Nope. I just put a post up saying I buy houses, put a picture of me. And she called, saying she was desperate. Okay. What was her story? She had lived in Hawaii with her husband, and he ended up leaving her for a much younger woman. (laughs) And she had two rentals previous to moving to Hawaii here in Kalamazoo area. And she ended up moving back from Hawaii, moved into one, and then just needed some cash. She just was looking to kind of reboot her life again to get back on her feet. And just didn't want to deal with the tenants anymore. So she's like, I need out of it. What can you give me? I don't owe anything. I'm literally willing to take whatever. So we came in with an offer actually a little bit above what she was willing to take just because the numbers worked to do that. So we offered her a little bit extra, came in at $20,000, which was still really low and was more than 50% of the actual market value of the property. 
So once we purchased it and you realized we didn't have to do a single thing to the property, we realized we had hit a home run on our first deal. Hmm. Even though you saw that this could be a really good deal, was there any reservation in your mind that, oh man, I know this sounds good, but we still got to put up another $20,000 and what if we don't sell it? Absolutely. That's always a thought in the back of your mind before you go into any deal is the what if situation. So the fact that we had already put up a huge amount of money for our education in real estate and now here we are finding a deal so quickly that almost seems too good to be true. Of course you have that in the back of your mind. What if we don't sell it? What if there is something major wrong with it that we're missing because it looks so pretty and polished up right now? But at the end of the day, we knew that this was the risk that we had taken on and we burned our bridges and we had no other options. So it was full force at that point. And what data points did you look at in order to give yourself comfort that it was a good deal? Just looking at all the comps in the area were 50 or above for like houses. Just days on market, less than a week. When we put it on the market, it actually went to two weeks. And the problem was this whole deal, again, every deal has its own issues, but because the tenants were living in there, they didn't want to move. So showing the place, they kept it a mess, which make it really hard to sell a house. We learned that real quick. And after some negotiations with them, we're like, you know what? We don't want you guys to move. Why don't you guys get this house? Mm. And they agreed to that. So that was your first deal. And all of them are going to be exactly like that, right? <laughs> we wish. <laughs> so what about your other ones? We came in and had beginner's luck on that one. And we literally stood up, dusted our hands and were like, oh, this is so easy. We got this. <laughs> of um, course. And yeah. So at that point, we had had a couple leads on deals that we thought were good deals. And then they were just kind of falling through for different reasons, whether the sellers didn't really want to sell or just needed way too much work so it just didn't fit our numbers to be a good investment so we kind of were getting discouraged we obviously needed more deals since we had at this point spent all of our first deal on our wedding and still have bills and everything to pay so we ended up coming across another deal in battle creek similar story on the people had actually put a down payment on another house so they needed to move pretty quickly so we came in and ran our numbers on it and everything seemed to work. But once we got into this project, it did not go as smoothly. We started hiring contractors and just dealing with, oh, we're too busy, just all kinds of crazy stuff. And then it ended up needing a lot more work. So the time ended up extending and we actually went in on this one with um, another investor so he put up the funds for this one, and then we were responsible for doing the entire rehab. And this was a full rehab from somebody who was DIYing everything. So they had DIYed the plumbing, they had patched some of the walls, they had DIY electrical. This thing was a DIY queen and king had lived here. So we had to come in and we had to hire, obviously, all of the correct subs to come in and fix all of the damage that they had done to the property. And on top of that, one of our contractors that we had hired ended up not pulling a permit on the deck for us. Mm. So the building inspector came by, seen that the deck wasn't permitted, and 
we got a letter in the mail a couple weeks later saying we had to go to court for the deck and then because the home was so old he wanted to do a full inspection so he came in walked through the house and red flagged us on everything even stuff that we had bought the house as that we didn't think we had to touch didn't put it in our budget or anything he's like nope it all needs to come out it all needs to be replaced he was a dog we with like, a bone oh. yes yeah. we were like oh gosh what did we just get ourselves into so that deal we still have that property we still have on <laughs> um, months and months into it so this is our second deal we bought it back in february purchase price and all-in price what are those two numbers we purchased it for 18000 so not that bad. We put 30000 into it already. My estimate, everything said, I'm going to put another five grand into it, but this should sell for 105 But it hasn't yet. So what is it listed for right now? We don't even have it listed because we're still going through the final inspections with the- Oh, okay. So you're still trying to get it approved to sell. You haven't put it on the market yet. Yeah. Yep. So this has been our longest deal, and we've done many in between that have gone great. Some of them have had little learning lessons here and there, but that was by far our our biggest project yet. Most painful and learned the most from this one. (laughs) (laughs) And there will be more, I'm sure, like this, but sounds like you still have some good potential margin on this one. And from start to today, did I hear two months or is that much longer? We bought this house in February. Oh, you're closing in on a year. Before you know it. (laughs) Before you know it. Okay, cool. And the main lesson there, or one of them, is make sure that your contractors pull permits. Otherwise, it could open up Pandora's box. Absolutely. Now, for all of our properties, we typically walk through them with a building inspector just so we know before we even purchase the property what all needs to go into it, how does it meet city qualifications, literally everything from A to Z we make sure we cover before we even purchase. And I highly recommend anybody getting into this that doesn't specifically have a background in construction to do that. Just because you never know what you're getting yourself into. Every single property is different and comes with its own set of challenges and stuff that has to be done. We create a very detailed scope of work now, so our numbers are very detailed. You said you walk through all properties with a building inspector. Is that a contractor or is that someone who's with the city? This is with the city. You can go either way. Some people do with a contractor. Some people do with the city. At least with the way that we do it, the inspector can walk through it because they're the ones that are going to need to pass for your lending at the end of the property once you sell it. Huh. We like to have them walk through it just because they can tell us every permit that needs to be pulled. So then if we want to hire a general, we can. Or if we want to sub it out, we can say, okay, we know for sure that the electrical is not grounded in this room we can hire an electrician to come in there and make sure that that entire space is correct. Do you have to pay the city building inspector to come out? About 70 bucks. Okay. And is it tough to get that person scheduled? No, I don't think they have anything better to do. (laughs) Fair enough. That's just in our specific area. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Obviously most of our properties are in the Kalamazoo area in Michigan. If you're in Grand Rapids, there's a lot more investors. So if you were to go that route, it might be more difficult. 
to have them walk through it. But like I said, a general contractor that knows what he's doing will be able to give you the same information in most cases. Yeah, but it's just so much better if you have the person who's ultimately going to do the inspections walk in it. That way, it's the opposite scenario of what you described earlier with the contractor didn't pull permit, got the inspector upset, and then the inspector goes for blood on the whole deal versus here you're holding their hand walking through the property with them listening to their thoughts and then making sure that you're checking in with them along the way and things are so much smoother yep in my experience with this growing up in a contracting family inspectors are typically the devil but (laughs) but from an investor standpoint with these brand new contractors that we're working with i don't know their work i don't know the quality i'm not sure if it's even done right so the way i had to retrain my brain is the inspectors are here to help us make sure that they're doing the job right and that our product that we put on the market is a plus is quality stuff because if something does happen to the homeowner that may fall back on us and i don't want to lose everything that i built based on your experience so far and it's been approximately what almost 10 months in what is your best real estate investing advice ever don't give up keep on pushing this is not for the faint of heart at least in this past 10 months it's like getting punched in the face over and over and over again and wanting more because i know on the other side of this is the freedom we're looking for but there's so many times that me and my wife we look at each other and we're like oh what are we doing i want to quit but i definitely want to go back to my other job so this is what we got. This is what we're doing. So mm. just don't quit. Keep pushing forward. And what are some tactical things that have helped you close on deals, whether it's under your process or your approach or anything in between? Building rapport is the main thing here. With the house, our first deal, I think the real reason why I got it for such a good price is when I was talking to her on the phone and I was on my way to her house to go negotiate, I asked her what kind of coffee she liked. She said she liked mocha from Big B. So I went and got her a mocha from Big B. I don't know any other investors that would do that. But as she's sipping on it, and I kind of distracted her from all the issues she was having. Mm. That's an interesting story. And it's not manipulative. It's just simply something that you're trying to make her feel more comfortable with meeting you. And the deal's the deal. And it's a way to add value to her life and show that you care more it's more than just about the transaction. It's about the relationship and helping her out. Oh, that's interesting. Based on how you two operate, who does what? Well, surprisingly enough, I was actually going to get my real estate license because I've been in sales my whole life. But for some reason, it ended up with her getting it. She had no previous experience in this at all. But two weeks before the wedding, she went to class, took the test and got the license. So with planning the whole wedding too, it's pretty crazy. I find the deals, we market for deals, and she just has that eye for listing and stuff and paperwork. So it works out that way. <laughs> yeah, I do most of the marketing on my end. We do, surprisingly, a lot of Craigslist, a lot of social media, driving for dollars, literally talking to neighbors, and that kind of stuff. So I take care of that end. And then all the calls that we receive come in, those go to Mark. And he kind of can run numbers, do all the dirty work, and then we will go out and see properties. And typically we go together in that sense. We will meet clients, do all the negotiating. He does the majority of that. And then I kind of take over and do the paperwork, the design stuff, and then listing it toward the end. 
And mm. as crazy as it is, we haven't had to list a single one of our own properties yet. They have, aside from Coolidge, the one we don't even have listed yet, we have sold our property zero days on market either before they are completed or day of completion. You two ready for the best ever lightning round? We're ready. All right, let's do it. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Today's sponsor, Patch of Land, has got the document for you that you've got to check out if you're a fix and flipper. They show you how a higher interest rate can actually deliver a lower cost to your fix and flip loan. And conversely, how a lower interest rate could deliver a higher cost to your fix and flip loan. Needless to say, you got to know this stuff to identify the best loan terms. Go to patchofland.com forward slash Joe Fairless. Get this document, patchofland.com forward slash Joe Fairless. When it's Friday at 4.30 p.m., it's time for Entrepreneur Drinks Podcast, which is co-produced by Joint Ops Properties and Discount Property Investors. Join their end-of-the-work-week session as they tackle problems facing entrepreneurs. Listen and subscribe at entrepreneurdrinks.com. That's entrepreneurdrinks.com. Best ever book you've read? My favorite is Who Moved My Cheese by Spencer Johnson. And mine is The Secret of Getting What You Want by Knowing How to Ask for the Moon and Get It by Piercy Ross. An older book. Best ever deal you've done that we haven't talked about during our conversation so far? All right. Our best ever deal was a deal that was pretty close to us. It was a foreclosure. We had an awesome agent who let us in to see the property the day that it was listed. We ended up putting an offer in. There was multiple offers and we still ended up getting it. We came in took about two to three weeks to get everything completed on it. I posted a picture of Mark painting the ceiling on Facebook and one of our friends and I come look at it. We're like, yeah, sure. So she came out and looked at it and we had it under contract for sale that night and actually close on it tomorrow. They had a VA loan. So it's been about a 30 to 40 day process on that. But we close on it tomorrow for a $27,000 profit in about four weeks of time and the time it took to process the VA loan. What's a mistake you've made on a transaction that we haven't talked about? I would say not verifying contractors with their work, making sure they actually have a license, references. You just get so excited to start something, but I don't do all the background check and stuff. That's probably it. What's the best ever way you two like to give back? Mark's family, as you know from the intro, they opened a resort that they built from the ground up in the Philippines. And we had a chance to go out there for a month last year. And we'll be going out there for another month in January. And a portion of all of our homes that we flip go back to either feeding kids in the Philippines, building and helping out the orphanages out there, or any way that we can help with the families in need. That's how we give back with all of our endeavors and have plans of hopefully opening our orphanage or childcare facility in the villages of where his mom is from. And how can the best ever listeners get in touch with you two? Both of us are on Facebook and all of your main social media pages. They're Haley Ann Davidson and Mark Alexander Davidson. And then our website is a great way to contact us, mihomesolutions.com. Well, thank you for being on the show and talking about how you two have got started very quickly out of the gate and how you found the first deal. That is just simply through Craigslist posting an ad. I buy houses, put up a picture, and you got a lead made approximately $30,000 on that. And also your all-in mentality, that's something else to take note of. And then on the way to the seller's house, asking her what kind of coffee she liked. That's something anyone 
who meets with prospective sellers can do and should do. Why not? I guarantee that it will be a positive return on time and investment if you do that for every potential seller you meet with because I guarantee, assuming that you're not completely out of the realm of reality with offer price and personality, you're going to get more deals than other people and it's a way to differentiate yourself. So I'm really grateful for that, that you mentioned it. And then lastly, the deal that hasn't gone according to plan and the cautionary tale or tidbit of making sure that your contractors pull all the permits and how you two go a step further in a smaller area. And that is you bring the building inspector who works for the city, pay him 70 bucks and maybe perhaps literally hold his hand through the process as you walk through to make sure that he's comfortable with everything and he's pointing out stuff. So thanks for being on the show. Hope you two have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. When it's Friday at 4.30 p.m., it's time for Entrepreneur Drinks Podcast, which is co-produced by Joint Ops Properties and Discount Property Investors. Join their end-of-the-work week session as they tackle problems facing entrepreneurs. Listen and subscribe at entrepreneurdrinks.com. That's entrepreneurdrinks.com.